1: He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington DC, Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain.
0: Welcome to the show today. How many of us take our feet for granted? Until walking, standing, balancing, even jumping for joy becomes too painful to even think about. Then we need answers, treatment, and some sweet relief. We can then seek the help from a podiatrist or foot doctor. And Dr. Elliot Udell is one of the best. In fact, he's the president of the American Society of Podiatric Medicine. He's board certified in primary podiatric medicine and pain management. Over the last 30 years, he's treated patients with a wide variety of foot pain, from bunions to gout, ankle sprains, heel pain, ulcers, and foot wounds, all of them excruciating. Joining the discussion will be Jim Naylor, whose athletic activity became severely limited by plantar fasciitis, an inflammation of the fascia that attaches the heel bone to the base of the toes.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endopharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: Plantar fasciitis is a condition involving inflammation of the fascia that attaches the heel bone to the base of the toes. The fascia is a layer of fibrous connective tissue. Jim Naylor, whose athletic activity became severely limited by the excruciating pain of plantar fasciitis, joins us now. Jim, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Take us back to the beginning. Can you describe the kind of pain you started to have in your feet? Right around the time
2: I was turning 50, I realized I needed to uh, give up the game of softball because I'd come home after a game and have to put my feet in a bucket of ice. Wow. And that was pretty telling that I had uh, something going on and that uh, if I continued the path I was going, it wasn't going to end well.
0: So it seems like softball was the cause of your plantar fasciitis?
2: Um, I think so. Um, I, I think it was the fact that I probably played many years past when I, when I should have, uh, and probably not having the right shoes.
0: Jim, tell us where exactly in your foot you felt the pain.
2: Just a little forward from each heel. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was pretty significant pain, more so on the right foot than the left, but I had it on both.
0: And how did it feel?
2: Uh, it feels like a twisting and almost like probing feeling and it's a tough pain it's it's not something that even putting your feet up for a few minutes makes it go away
0: and about how intense was it
2: it was intense enough for a guy to go to the doctors over (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so and Many of my patients say that the pain is worse in the morning or after resting. Is that what you experienced?
2: Back when I first had it, very typically it would be after a game, which would be in the evening. And actually, in some cases, too aggravating to get to sleep easily. Getting up first thing in the morning, I learned not to jump out of bed and, and to kid myself that I could walk across the room. Later, with some help and guidance, I learned some stretching exercises to do before I ever put a foot on the on the ground. And that, that at least had me primed to be able to walk across the room not feeling like I was walking on hot coals.
0: Ouch, that seems pretty painful. I mean, Jim, is this something that you had for maybe an hour or two, or did it last all day?
2: Um pretty much all day. I mean, it wouldn't be as intense, but you would do something that then would either aggravate it or you would get fatigued in terms of maybe walking the length of a mall or something like that. And and you were very quickly, I was very quickly reminded that it was still there.
0: Hey, Jim, was this a pain that lasted just for a couple of days, weeks, or, or even months?
2: It typically lasted the entire season that I played Softball, which would have been like from April until early November.
0: Uh, Jim, how long did you try to tough it out before you sought help?
2: Probably two years.
0: Wow, that's a long time.
2: Yeah, I was kind of old school. You know, rub some dirt on it; it'll go away. Um, it it just was not the case. I I needed to have something done.
0: Well, before you had something done, how did you cope with this pain for two years?
2: Well, making sure I had ample ice. When I got home in the evening, and as excruciating as it was, just sitting with my feet in a bucket of ice.
0: You mentioned that the ice immersion was excruciating. I mean, it's almost like you exchanged one form of pain for another. Were you able to tolerate this for a couple of minutes or or longer?
2: Mm, like a half hour to an hour sometimes off and on. I couldn't leave them in there for the whole hour, but it would be in and out, in and out. And i typically like sit down, watch the TV to distract myself, you know, kind of hope that that uh, helped me to the point where I could get to sleep that
0: night, Jim. How did you endure an hour sometimes of immersing your feet into ice cold water? I mean, I can barely tolerate it for maybe a couple of minutes.
2: Yeah, buddy, of mine told me about it, and I did it, and I, you know, it's something that you you have to warm up to, so to speak, because it's like a major shock.
0: I bet, uh, Jim, was it helpful?
2: Yeah. I knew I was doing something, so something was better than doing nothing, but I realized that I didn't have control over this. It had control over me.
0: When we come back, we'll talk to Jim about how other parts of his body were affected from his plantar fasciitis. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back. Jim, did the plantar fasciitis affect other parts of your body, like your knees, your back, or or your posture?
2: It affected, I feel, the way that I walked, which which gave me a slight knee problem. And um, later, actually, I was diagnosed as having um, my pelvic bone or whatever you would call it was out of alignment by a significant amount. Um, When I went to this uh, physical therapist specialist for that, he basically asked me when I had fallen into a hole with one leg. Um, And I realized uh, that, you know, through the later years of still playing a boy's game that I probably had uh, messed up a few things as a result.
0: Okay, and then after that, you sought some help.
2: Um, It's an orthopedic group that had a foot specialist.
0: There are a number of possible treatments for relieving plantar fasciitis. What did you begin with?
2: He began with determining that I actually had the condition and um, immediately gave me cortisone shots in both heels.
0: Tell us what those were like.
2: I laid down on the table and gritted my teeth for two cortisone shots, one on each foot. After he was done one, he said, do you want to come back for the second? I said, I don't think I would ever come back for a second if you don't do both feet right now.
0: Well, even though they were pretty tough to bear, were they effective?
2: Well, they were pretty immediately effective. And about a year later, I was back for another two injections. I went back for another course. And then that six-month period afterwards pretty much made it go away. I had made a a promise to myself, no more impact uh, type of exercises relating to my feet. And I really learned to baby them.
0: Some of the more typical treatments for plantar fasciitis include things like um, anti-inflammatories by mouth, like ibuprofen, or even specialized orthotics for the feet. Did you try any of these?
2: I wanted something thin enough to wear in dress shoes, and I found a good leather pair of orthotics. I had another pair that I had for more, uh, like for golf and, and you know, longer walking activities, that kind of thing.
0: And Jim, how about uh, anti-inflammatories?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and Definitely Advil. Yeah, probably at least once a day at some point when I felt pain or I knew that I was planning on an activity. I think it helped offset the severity of it. It never really made it to the point where I didn't feel it.
0: Jim, did you work with a physical therapist?
2: He actually worked on the area. There was some lockup between the knee and the and the ankle, um, loosened up the ankle a bit so that my walk was more natural, which seemed to help my plantar fasciitis.
0: Knowing what you do now, how would you advise someone who might be as tough-minded as you were at that time?
2: Well, I think that you can't be as bullheaded as I was thinking it was going to go away. That would be the first thing, the realization that it. It, it could be an issue that you need to deal with, maybe some orthotic devices, definitely stretching, and to, quite frankly, probably stay away from flip-flops.
0: Great advice. Jim, do you think that fear plays a role in, in how we ignore pain so that maybe we just don't want to find out that there may be something wrong?
2: I think so, especially for guys, because we, we tend to think that, you know, uh, we've got an injury, it's going to heal itself, it'll get better, and, and we'll we'll play through it.
0: You're right. You know, men typically tend to sort of grin and bear it, I think, more than women. Jim, how much better are you today than you were several years ago when you were immersing your feet in ice?
2: No, I'm significantly better. I mean, I'm not. I I haven't seen an ice bucket in years, and and that's only because I retired from the sport that that probably gave it to me, and I really take the precautions because I don't want to be on the other end of it again.
0: Absolutely. You know, our upcoming guest, Dr. Udell, is a podiatrist, and he recommends that everybody just wear a good pair of sneakers that are wide in the front and have a low heel for for best foot health. But, you know, do you feel like in the workplace you'd be able to do this?
2: I own my own company. I'm a marketing consultant, so I obviously can control my own dress code. I'm not a fan of the long pants and tennis shoe jerry seinfeld look
0: (laughs) well i mean jim before we close do you worry about a recurrence of plantar fasciitis
2: yeah i do i i worry that um it's going to be bad enough that i've got to go back to the doctor and that i've got to get the shots again
0: and finally if someone with plantar fasciitis is listening now what would you tell them
2: Early on, acknowledge that it's something bigger than what you can change yourself. I think you have to change your behavior in terms of how you use your feet and how you care for your feet. And I think you have to seek out that there are some devices, some better shoes, some better methods of just caring for your feet that will help neutralize it to the point where you can continue to do the things that you did yesterday.
0: Jim, thank you for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you and um, and good luck to you. Up next is Dr. Elliot Udell, board certified in podiatry and president of the American Society of Podiatric Medicine. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Pentech Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulcristomd.com. That's paulcristomd.com.
0: And we're back with Dr. Elliot Udell, a podiatrist or foot doctor. Dr. Udell is the president of the American Society of Podiatric Medicine He's board certified in podiatric medicine and pain management. Over the last 30 years, he's treated patients with a wide variety of foot pain, from bunions to gout, ankle sprains, heel pain, ulcers, and foot wounds, all of them excruciating. His focus is actually on preventive care and orthotics. Dr. Udell, welcome to Aches and Gains.
3: Very glad to be with you.
0: The human foot is so much more complex than most of us appreciate. I mean, Is there a way that we can begin to think about our feet besides just these two appendages at the end of our legs?
3: Uh, well, yes, because we obviously walk on our feet and we take thousands of steps to put the uh, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds on our feet all day long. And the foot has to function in a way so that it meets the floor and bends with the floor and uh, enables you to carry your weight and, and do all these wonderful things that we all do all day long and just take it for granted. So the foot is really a very, very uh, you know, complex structure.
0: Elliot, let's talk about shoes. What's the number one worst kind of shoe for both women and men?
3: Right, okay, Uh, anything that's tight with any kind of a higher heel would be bad, too, but by and large, men don't have the same type of... uh, constricting type of footwear as, as women tend to.
0: What's the best and most comfortable type of shoe for, for everyday wear?
3: I'm a big fan of some of the good sneakers. <laughs> I think sneakers today are, are built better than shoes ever were and ever will be. So I myself wear sneakers 99.9% of the time. I, I wear orthotics, custom-made orthotics in my shoes, and they fit very, very well into my sneakers. And I'll give you a note to your boss that you can wear sneakers from <laughs> my office. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, it, realistically, people tell me, okay, fine, uh, I'm not a podiatrist, I can't get away with wearing sneakers in the office, uh, so basically I tell them to wear shoes that are wide in the front and with a, uh, a low to uh, a decent heel, but the more important thing is that they shouldn't be pointy in the front.
0: You know, that's obvious information that probably a lot of people overlook due to the pressures of fashion. Dr. Udell, let's talk about nerve pain now, and specifically something called tarsal tunnel syndrome, which is compression of a nerve, which is on the inside of the ankle, next to the ankle bone, sort of like carpal tunnel syndrome. Why is tarsal tunnel syndrome uh, so devastating?
3: Yes, basically sometimes you've got either scar tissue or compression of some of the tendons in that particular uh, nerve, and uh, neurological testing can very often isolate if that is indeed where the patient's pain is coming from. So people can sometimes have pain in the front of their foot and, and the bottom of the foot. They can be, it can present as heel pain. It uh, can present as burning pain. Uh, it can present in, in different ways until we actually isolate that it is coming from that particular part of the uh, of the peripheral nervous system. People have severe pain. We're, we're with it. And they can't walk, they can't enjoy life, and they can't do all the things that all of us want to do uh, in the course of a day. And, you know, very often we can, you know, as they said, we can correct that with uh, custom-made orthotic devices or sometimes injections in the area uh, of where the nerve distribution is. And uh, if all else fails, then we can, uh, you know, suggest or do surgical procedures, do what call a tarsal tunnel release, which, uh, similar to a carpal tunnel release, can uh, you know, alleviate the uh, problem.
0: Dr. Udell, we've talked about orthotics and how they can be used. Will you tell us what we mean by orthotics?
3: Those are devices that we make for patients' feet to correct foot imbalances. There are some off-the-shelf type of orthotics that you can Buy in a local drugstore, or some even better ones that you can get from a podiatrist, which are very very inexpensive and can do a good job. If uh, the podiatrist feels that your problem cannot be adequately addressed and corrected by uh, off-the-shelf non-custom-made orthotics, then he or she will then go ahead and take impressions of your foot and send them to a podiatry laboratory. Then they'll uh, go ahead and make custom-made orthotics, which will correct all, all the imbalances.
0: Elliot, how about some of the arthritic conditions that affect the foot? Let's first talk about gout.
3: The uh, most common location is in the foot uh, in the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, which is the basically bone behind the big toe behind the great toe. Our initial treatment is to give a posterior tibial nerve injection, which basically causes an increase in circulation. In that particular part of the foot, it, in um, the understanding, also cause the vasodilatation, increased circulation, and then that washes out some of the crystals. Then immediately after, we give a local injection to the area of some steroid and a local anesthetic, and then of course we follow up, having the patient take anti-inflammatories for at least uh, you know weeks to 10 days. Speaking
0: of treatments, let's talk about specific therapies that podiatrists use to help treat a range of foot problems. And I'm thinking of things like laser therapy, interferential therapy, uh, electrotherapy, and even infrared therapy.
3: Okay, uh, interferential therapy is a form of electrical therapy, which has been around for a long time, and we use that to treat inflammation. For instance, a patient may come into an office with uh, an acute ankle sprain, uh, we can make the symptoms of the ankle sprain go away uh, much, much, much faster because we use the interventional therapy in addition to uh, keeping the patient off of their feet. Cold laser therapy is another thing that some of us use to treat some pain inflammation. We have like 19 different forms of electrical therapy we use to treat diabetic neuropathy, pain, uh, and other types of neuropathies as well. We use infrared therapy frequently frequently. Uh, it's one type of infrared therapy that's used very effectively in treating pain associated with diabetes, diabetic neuropathy pain, and uh, it's called anodyne therapy. And many patients do very, very, very well with it. We use infrared heat therapy sometimes and treating certain painful conditions as well.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that that comprehensive list of physical modalities that can be quite helpful for a range of uh, different kinds of foot pain. When we come back, we'll ask Dr. Udell about plantar fasciitis. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulcristomd.com. That's paulcristomd.com.
0: Welcome back. Our first guest overcame a lot of the pain associated with plantar fasciitis. Dr. Udell, let's delve into that painful condition.
3: Basically, the plantar fascia is a structure which holds the arch up on the bottom of the foot, and it goes from the face uh, of the back of the heel, the calcaneal bone, all the way up to the you know, metatarsals. If you were making a kite, and you have the central structure in the kite, which holds the whole kite together and gives it that bent, that's the same thing that the plantar fascia does to the foot. It holds, holds you know, that arch up and uh, it enables for proper ambulation. Now, for some reason, we don't know why certain people develop inflammation in that particular area. Now, we believe that in most cases it's due to abnormal pronation, abnormal uh, imbalances of the foot, which if we would, would have, let's say, caught that person with those imbalances earlier on in their life and made them proper orthotics, they probably would not have developed plantar fasciitis and that's most of the cases.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. So it seems like orthotics can really help prevent plantar fasciitis from occurring. Dr. Udell, I have some patients who are long-distance runners who come to me for help with plantar fasciitis. Does that put patients at risk?
3: If you're uh, running or engaged in any particular sport, you run the risk of putting excessive pressure on that area and aggravating, you know, any kind of a foot problem you have, and making it worse. Most famous case in history was. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, when he was uh, hitting for the New York Yankees, had to give up an entire year of playing because of plantar fasciitis. The pain generally is located on the uh, medial aspect of the foot, on the bottom of the foot in uh, front of the heel. But it can be anywhere in the plantar fasciitis.
0: That's right. A lot of my patients will say that the pain is worse in the morning or after a period of rest in the area that's in front of the heel pad. Dr. Udell, will you talk to us about the best treatments for plantar fasciitis?
3: The uh, orthotics you know, is part of the treatment. If a person is in severe pain, we give them a series of injections, let's say, once a week. And then we follow it up with different types of therapy. Uh, one type of therapy that was published a number of years is iontophoresis with acetic acid. We find them to be very, very successful in the short-term and long-term management of plantar fasciitis.
0: And iontophoresis is electrical therapy that's used to allow medicines to cross through the skin. Uh, Dr. Udell, tell us about bunions, which are located along the first metatarsal head or, or behind the big toe, and how painful they are.
3: This is something which starts gradually and progresses over many, many, many years to a point where You know, a person can't wear even normal shoes, and they can have severe, severe pain. We can give injections of quick-acting steroids, which can sometimes break the pain cycle. Physical therapy, physical medicine, such as interferential therapy, can be very helpful in in breaking the pain cycle and making the patient feel better. And if it's really, really bad, a patient wants to wear tight shoes, And, uh, you know, must have been surgically addressing these problems can be the solution for these patients.
0: Elliot, thank you so much for joining us today on Eggs and Gains.
3: Really appreciate
0: your having me. Next week, we'll talk about a way to stimulate the healing of chronically injured ligaments and tendons known as prolotherapy. It reduces pain and may even regenerate new tissue. Our guests will be Dr. Jeffrey Patterson and Troy Tauze.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo, and do not necessarily express the views of WBAL Radio, Hearst, and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to WBAL.com or paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. From WBAL Radio 1090 AM, you've been listening to Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.